Right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is going to be episode number 57. No intro for this one. This one's just me. I'm sorry. Yes, you have to listen to me again. Um, it is, what is today? Today is Wednesday the 20th. Getting ready to pack up all my gear and head up to the Redneck Tech production class that is happening this weekend. I think we've got 12 or 13 guys that are going to be there. I am super stoked about getting to teach and learn and be a part of like-minded people. Um, it is going to be an awesome time. I already got to meet most of the guys that are going to be there. I met some of them at NWTF. I met some of them before NWTF. I've known some of them for a long time. Um, and I thought in the spirit of learning and answering questions and teaching, I would do a Q&A podcast before I got going on the um before we get going on the class. So this will air. I can't make up my mind. This might air tomorrow or Friday morning. Before the class. Or I might wait till Monday. Probably will be Monday. We'll see. Anyway. So on this podcast. Oh. Got to get back to the the presenter. Um, this, this podcast is presented by Diamondback Covers. The absolute best rug bed cover on the planet. If you're like me and most hunters and producers out there and you're hauling a lot of valuable stuff in the bed of your truck and given and at any given time, then you do not want that stuff to grow legs and vanish. Uh, having a diamondback truck bed cover is an insurance policy that allows me to have peace of mind when I'm on the road traveling, and this thing makes the back of my truck a watertight vault that I can also strap sixteen hundred pounds on top of. So I never have to leave home without anything. Uh, it doesn't mess up my bed space. If you don't have one, you absolutely have to get one. It's uh, it's a no-brainer if you carry anything valuable on the back of your truck. Anyway, so getting back to it. This week we're going to do a long Q&A. I've been getting lots of questions through the website, social DMs, texts, etc., etc. Figured I'd try and go over them in the best of my ability one by one. Um, and uh, I... Not only have I been getting some over the last couple of months and weeks, I also reached out on the Redneck Tech Instagram and asked for your input on questions, and I got quite a few, not as many as I thought I would get, but um, combine that with um, all the questions that I've already had over the last, I don't know, a couple of months. Um, I tried to compile them all. I probably missed something right now. I think I've got 40 questions on here. I'm going to try and get to all of them. Uh, there's one or two kind of quirky, funny ones in here. But um, I will try and answer them to the best of my ability, and I'll try and get through them as quickly as I can. Some of these questions I've already answered in previous podcasts, but we have a lot of new listeners, so I will go through those as well. So let's get started. First question, what gear am I currently running? Um, I just sold my A7R2, so I'm not running that anymore. Uh, my DSLR is a Canon 5D Mark IV. My backup is a Canon 5D Mark II who I've had, that I've had for a million years, and it's bulletproof. I just like Canons. I'm partial to them. I'm partial to the ergonomics. I'm partial to um, how big they are, how they, they fit in my hand better, um, how rugged they are. Um, that's what I run on the DSLR photography side. Um, my big camera is a Sony 
FS7, which is the big sensor FS7 full chip. I don't remember all the technicalities of it, but shoots native 4K, which I rarely ever use, which I've talked about before. I'm running Canon glass on that. I have one or two Sony lenses, but most of the time I'm running Canon glass with a Metabones adapter. I've got, uh, this question comes up later, but I'll go ahead and answer it again. I'm running uh, Miller Carbon Sticks. I don't know the model number. And I'm running a Sockler FSB8 head, which is one of the more expensive pieces of gear I have. One of the m most expensive heads out there in our line of work. But it is my absolute favorite piece of gear as far as my big gear goes. I'm running a Mavic, Mavic Pro drone. Uh, I wrap everything in Pelican cases and underneath my Diamondback cover. Shameless plug. And, um, uh, uh, standard lights, um, C stands, all that good stuff. I've got a Zyun three axis gimbal. I think that's how you say it. Um, um, that's it. That's all I can think about. What is something I want that I do not have yet? Uh, well, I've talked about this before, and it's a red. I want a red real bad. I've talked a lot of crap about reds, but for some of my bigger projects, some of my bigger clients, higher-paying clients, I think it's something that I want, and I want it for some personal stuff, too. So that's what I want. The one thing that I cannot live without on a shoot. Oh, man. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is a bat light. When I say bat light, it's an on-camera light for like low light or in the dark or you know getting in and out of the truck in the mornings, that type thing. I have a couple of them. They're on the website. They should be on the website. If they're not, I need to check that afterwards. Um, the newer one is the one I ran forever. I just got a new one. There's an aperture that's a little bitty one that I actually mounted via Velcro on the front of my LCD on my FS7. So it makes it even smaller and it's rechargeable. So it's super nice. If you want the model number, DM me. I'll have to look it up. Um, that gaff tape, really. Gaff tape is essentially producer's tape, and it's really to redneck engineer things if they go south on a shoot. So those are probably the two things I can't live without. They're super simple. Sorry, that's kind of boring. But other than that, I bring everything under the kitchen sink, so I don't really go without anything. Um, most underrated gear. Um, I think people don't spend enough money on their tripod and their tripod head. I think people cheap out on that. They see how much a good head is and they don't do it. Um, that's the one thing I did not cheap out on. And I absolutely adore my FSB8T, which is the quick detach. And it makes your life so much easier, saves you so much time. Yes, it's heavy. Yes, it requires a bowl adapter um, tripod and, uh, and to run on your camera arm. But man, you run that head one time. You will never, ever, ever want to use a different one. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Favorite time to shoot. Favorite time. I don't know if this question is referring to time of year or time of day, so I'll answer both. Time of day is going to be that first 30 minutes of light, last 45, 30 minutes of light. That's when the light's the sexiest. That's when it's the flattest. That's when it's the juiciest. That's when you get the best stuff. Um, time of year uh, just probably the fall, just the whole fall. I really couldn't quant, you know, quantify or qualify, which is my favorite. I don't know. You know, I, I can't say September cause that's when I like to hunt in September for elk. 
probably November, probably when the leaves are changing and it's really pretty and it's really easy to tell a really good story. That's probably my favorite. Um, is F 2.8 glass worth the money? And I assume that means glass that's not like F4 on the Canon side, or I think there's some other lenses that, you know, they have a cheaper version, which is a 2.8 aperture, and they have some that's an F4 aperture as the lowest aperture that the lens can attain. Um, I think that depends on your budget and what you are trying to do. If you are shooting big clients and you and clients are paying big money and you need that extra time uh, as far as light goes, or you need the extra creativity and you know how to use your glass really well, I think it is worth it. Um, and it depends on which, when a which glass, you know, it's, it might be okay to get one 2.8 glass and then the rest of them be F4 um, and, and, and run it that way. That's how I do it. I've got uh, one glass is a 2.8 and I've got the rest of them are F4s just to save a little money. Um, I do intend on upgrading to F4 or F2.8 glass on my 7200. It's just, I can't get past the weight ratio. The, the weight of the 2.8 is so much heavier than the F4, and it's so much more expensive. Um, that, essentially, two stops of light doesn't affect me enough to warrant the money. That's just my opinion. Native or third-party glass? Um, I've used both, and I have had great luck with everything. I've had great luck with Tamron lenses, I've had great luck with Zeiss lenses. I've had great luck with red lenses, Canon lenses, Sony lenses, Nikon lenses. Oh, I'll take that back. The Nikon lens I ran was uh, when we used to run Nikon at sub-7, and it was not very sharp at all. It gave me a lot of focal range. It was like an 18 to 300, so it gave you a lot of, like, you can go in really, really tight, really, really wide, but with that range, it just the glass wasn't that good. But I've had, I mean, I'm not an icon person either, so that's kind of partial there. But, um, I mean, I've had great luck with everything. What I can do on that end is, say, do your research. Go online, look at uh, look at reviews, watch YouTube videos of side-by-side comparisons. D- do your due diligence. Always before you buy anything, do your due diligence. If you buy something that's crap and you go and look, at, look, up at, look it up and research it and it said it was crap before you bought it, then that's on you. All right, this one, I'm not sure how to answer this one. Bad video cannot kill good content, but great content will overshadow poor video every time, yes or no. So to kind of break that question down, essentially, if you've got really, really good content, meaning whether you've got a really good host or you've got a really cool video, you know, cool kill shot, you know, whatever the content may be, if it's really, really good, but the video supporting it is not that good, that's okay, versus the content being great and having... No, hold on. Let me start over. Bad video cannot kill good content, but great content will overshadow poor video. Okay, so, yes and no. All right. I think I think this is kind of the YouTube mentality of something and I think it's the viral video mentality that sometimes viral video is usually shot on a cell phone and but the content of that video is really really good it's something funny happening it's somebody falling down it's you know I mean you think of every you know viral video you've ever seen the content is like you have to show somebody the quality of the video doesn't matter 
And I think the really, really the reason that is is because really good viral content or really, really good content doesn't happen in a production. It doesn't. It, it, it can't be produced. It has to happen organically like that. Unless you're going to tote around a big camera all the time with the with the idea in mind that you're going to create this epic biblical cinematic content when it finally happens, and, you know, best of luck with that. But um, I'm just I, I'm not there to get, you know, I'm not there to do viral videos. I'm not there to do YouTube videos. So that's not really my goal. So I might not be the best person to answer this. Um, I think you need a really good mix of good video and good content. I think that's the secret sauce in my opinion. Best camera for under $3,500 with C-Log and 120, 120 frames a second. It's probably going to be one of your Sony DSLRs, um, but that's just for the body of the camera. Then you're getting into glass, so it's probably over $3,500. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I would say it would be an A7S2 or an A7R3 or one of those cameras. Um, I'm pretty sure those are the only ones that can do that. But like I said, I'm not a Sony person. That's not that's not really my area of expertise. You could probably get a used F5 or FS5 for that. Um, but then again, you still got to buy lenses and all that good stuff. Don't know. Uh, that's right there on the cusp of being a really good budget, but it's right just below not a great budget. If you have all the supporting gear, but I and we'll talk about this in just a minute, like shooting things in log, I rarely do that. I think it's... I think it's more time than it's worth for what I'm trying to do. So maybe take that out of the equation and just go 120. I don't know. Um, I still think it's going to be one of those Sonys. So what is my perspective on color grading? What software? So this one's kind of a tougher one to answer too because I color correct every single frame in all of my edits. Um, do I take a great amount of time to do that? No. Um, I try and shoot it in the field as close to color as possible. I'm not one of those people that tries to put my own color spin on things and give it my own look. Um, I'm there for quality content and turning turning edits quickly because that's how I make my living. Uh, the longer I take on, the less money I make. Um, if If it's a really big project and it warrants the time and the money, and uh, then I would probably, honest to God, being upfront and honest, I would bid. I would put that into my bid or into my price for it, and I would have that hired out. I would hire a uh, a colorist to color it. I would shoot it all flat in S log, and I would hand it over once it was edited in the raw form to that colorist. I have a friend of mine that does it. And I would pay him to color it because I'm not a colorist. I, I know I know enough to be dangerous. So I would hand that off and pay them their money and pass that cost on to the client. Oh, next question. Filming in log or flat profile? I rarely do it. I just said that. Um, it's just for what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to produce, the time I have and the budgets that I work with, it's not worth the extra time, not worth the extra effort. I just don't do it. Um, I very rarely shoot in a flat picture profile. Uh, I usually shoot in standard five. Um, the standard, you know, whatever it comes on the camera. I think it's more appealing to the eye because you, you shoot in S-Log, you're only appealing. The only people that are going to notice that are the snobs like myself. 
Um, and those are very few and far between. You got to remember who your audience is, who you're editing, um, who you're editing this for, who's going to see it, and is it worth the time, money, and effort to shoot things in log? I don't think it is. Best lens for a beginner: DSLR, 24 to 70, 24 to 105. Get one of those lenses. They will do just about everything that you want them to do. Get them uh, the 24 to 70. You can buy them in an f 2.8 or f 4. Um, the f4 is obviously going to be cheaper. Uh, 24 to 105 is the lens that I run. It only comes in an f4. It's one of my favorite lenses. It's extremely versatile. It's if you've got 4K, you can run 4K and almost use that lens for everything in the tree stand. That way you can bump in um, with 105 millimeters times two. So that's 210 millimeters. That's almost po- perfect for a bow hunting situation. It's wide enough to get creative. You can push in, use your depth of field, um, or use your focal, you know, your focal length and your depth of field to really, you know, give it that cinematic feel. Um, to me, that would be one of those two lenses, whichever one you can afford, the 24 to 105 or the 24 to 70. All right. Least favorite thing to shoot. Well, I've answered that about a million times, and it's ducks. Um, so everybody knows I hate ducks. So what would be my second least favorite thing to shoot? It'd be fishing. Ducks, then fishing. Plans for Badlands film. Okay. Uh, I got this one a lot. Um, I ragged on... Uh, I, I don't want to say I ragged on. I didn't. I wasn't the nicest about the Badlands Film Festival. I, I just felt it, felt it in my words. It lacked luster. Um, am I planning to do a film? I'm planning on it. Yes. Will I do a film? I don't know. It's going to depend on a couple of different things. I have two or three, two really good ideas. I have a third idea that's rolling around in my head. I don't want to. I've talked to a couple of people about this because shortly after that podcast went out, I got a couple of messages and a couple of comments from some people. I'm not going to name names that want. I don't know if they weren't happy with what I said or if they were kind of calling me out to make sure I do do something. But uh, I talked to a lot of people about it throughout other trade shows, and they felt the same way I did about it lacking luster. Um, it's going to come down to me on having time to do it. It's going to come down to me having a budget to do it. It's going to have, it's going to come down to if I can tell the story I want to tell, because I'm not going to put a film in it just to put a film in it. I'm not. Uh, I feel like I could put one in very half-heartedly that's as good or better than things that were in there. But with that being said, I'm not going to put it in there just to put it in there. I think it's a great opportunity to get a film in front of a lot of eyeballs that I would really like to get feedback from. Um, I don't think I'll win it, uh, and I wouldn't put one in there to win it. I would put one in there just for myself, um, just because I don't. The only way you're going to win is if you have a really hard felt, heart string pulling story, and I, honest to God, hope I don't have one of those. Um, because usually those are around bad things happening to people, and I don't want that to happen. So mine would be, I don't know what it would be. The two ideas I have are radically different from one another. Um, one is a lot easier to film. The other is a lot harder, but would be better. So, But it also would take a lot more time, a lot more effort, a lot more money. I don't know. The answer to that is I'm planning on it. But I, I, who knows? 
That's I don't know if that was the greatest answer. Favorite clothing gear. All right, I'm gonna get some love and hate from this. Um, if if you don't already know, I am absolutely 100% through and through in my heart a mossy oak person. In my heart, I love the people there. I love what they're doing as far as the content they're putting out, the people that are making the moves there. I know a lot of people in that company that I, I really love and respect. With that being said, um, I don't feel like they put their camouflage pattern or they don't have licensees that put their camouflage pattern on clothing that is as good as Sitka's. I'm not a necessarily a Sitka fanboy. But I've owned a lot of Sitka gear. I still currently own a lot of Sitka gear. And I, if it is up to me to be comfortable and spend as much time in the field as I spend, I'm going to wear Sitka. Not because of the pattern, but because of how comfortable it is and how, and how durable it is, how breathable it is, how warm it is. All of the things that I, I'm going to pay whatever it costs to be comfortable. I spend too much time in the field not to be. With that being said, if Mossy Oak were to ever, which this will never happen, if Mossy Oak were to license their camouflage pattern to Sitka and Sitka were to put Mossy Oak on their clothing and they charged more for that, I would pay more to wear Mossy Oak on Sitka gear. I just would. That that's not going to happen because Sitka owns their own camouflage pattern now with, uh, Subalpine and uh, Elevate 2 and all the other ones. So that's not going to happen. I So what I've, res- what I've resorted to is I'm starting to wear solids. So I've got several, several Sitka solids, especially bottoms. Tops aren't as big a deal to me. The bottoms, like the pants, are the biggest, um, the biggest thing to me that I can't find any other thing that I like as well as I like the Sitka bottoms. The Sitka Ascent pants are the greatest pants that have ever been created. Their Timberline pants are a really close second. Um, their territory pant, their territory pants are a really close third. And there's just nothing that compares to staying cool and being able to be mobile, to dry quickly, and to not feel it feels you feels like you're wearing pajama pants. I mean, it really does, and they're super durable. I've had one of my Ascent pants for going on five years now, and I still wear them to this day. I'm loyal to Mossy Oak as a camouflage pattern, but I'm going to be comfortable. So unless I'm in front of the, if I'm ever in front of the camera, I will be wearing Mossy Oak because that that is who I'm going to absolutely 100% um, get behind and be, you know, if, if I'm personally promoting a brand, I'm going to promote Mossy Oak. If I'm not in front of the camera and I'm behind it, I'm going to probably wear, be wearing Sitka just for the fact that I want to be comfortable. I wish, I wish, I wish they would figure out a way to put it on that or I could private label that or something, which I can't afford to do that, but that would be awesome. Boots. All right, what boots do I wear? Um, i got a couple pair of boots, but my favorite ones to this day are my Solomon uh, uh 4D GTX boots. Um, I had the 3D GTX before those. Uh, I adore those boots. I had the the 3Ds for almost three years, and I could still wear them. But they're just, I mean, they're beat up pretty good. But I could still wear them. The waterproofing's gone in them. 
the 40 GTX are as good. Um, they're really good kind of mid, um, hiking boot. They're not too stiff, but they're not, uh, you know, too soft either. Um, I think they hold up really well. Um, uh, Dudley's got me wanting to try some crispy Thors. Uh, I may order some of those just to try them out. So I don't know, but as of right now, I'm wearing, uh, my Solomon 40 GTX is 98% of the time. I don't wear rubber boots unless I absolutely have to. I detest rubber boots. I hate them with a purple passion. Um, I own a pair of lacrosse just because there are some situations you just about have to wear rubber boots. And uh, that's when it gets really, really cold or when it's super wet like it is right now. But uh, if it's just like ground wet, I'm wearing my Solomons. If it's like walking through mud holes, I'll wear the rubber boots. But they make my feet sweat. They're not comfortable. They're heavy. They're awkward. I hate them. Uh, all right. How long does it take me to edit? Well, that's kind of a... I don't really know about that question because uh, I can kind of break down a couple of things that I do. So um, a one minute edit that I shot, uh, like a one minute Instagram video that I shot myself, it won't take me very long at all. An hour, two hours maybe. Um, and that's from like literally dropping the footage in the timeline to I'm done. Uh, a, a TV show, a full 22 and a half minute TV show with color, Everything ready to send to the network, I allot myself two weeks. That's ten working days, five days a week for two weeks. That's how long um, I feel like it needs. I think I think it's how long it needs to take. Um, there's a lot of things that happen in that time between roughing. I can rough the show in probably four or five days. And then it's cutting time down. Then it's coloring. Then it's adding graphics. Then it's... Um, going through and sound designing, then it's going through and uh, making changes for whoever this is for because they're always going to have one or two changes. Then it's going through and making sure you filled in all sponsor obligations. Then it's adding in interviews, adding in voiceover. There's a lot of things that have to happen in order to make a 22-minute show. That's why I've done, I don't know, I've probably edited over 100 in my lifetime. Um, of the last seven years of doing television, I've probably done about 100 of those. And uh, I don't, I don't miss it. It is tough, man. It is really hard sitting behind a computer, staring down the barrel of two weeks in one episode, and then doing another one and another one and another one. And every TV show you do is going to have ten to thirteen in it. Some of these new, you know, like a Lee and Tiff show is going to have twenty originals. See, so, I mean, you're talking about forty weeks of your life gone. Um, it pays well, but and there's very few people that can do it. So it's just really about really about what you want to do if you want to edit man there's there's room for it you just got to be good you, and like i've talked about before learning knowing the program isn't editing uh, you know that's not what editing is editing is being able to tell a story in that within that timeline all right number 19 um internship slash hiring question mark so am i hiring or looking for an internship um, I had a project that I was bidding on that I did not get. If I would have gotten it, I would absolutely be hiring right this minute. Um, I did not get that project, so I'm not currently looking to hire. Um, I'm really hoping 
either you know sometime this year I will need someone as far as an internship it would have to be the right person right situation um, they'd obviously have to be close by here in Dahlonega um, northeast Georgia um, an internship I'm definitely open to um, would it be a paid internship I don't know it would just depend on what the skill set this person has and how how easy they make my life um, my my internship in college was not paid so I, I don't know um, lenses I already went over lenses oh, well, I guess I can tell you what lenses I'm running I did not go over that I'm running a 24 to 105, 16 to 35, 70 to 200, and an 18 to 105, I think, which is the Sony one. I think those are all the lenses I'm running right now. Uh, all Canons except that last one. That last one's 18 to 105, and it's a Sony lens. All right, Nikon versus uh, Nikon versus Canon versus Sony. I already answered that. I'm a Canon guy. And it's just for personal preference. It's not got anything to do with which one's better. Because if you look at the, you look at the industry, and the most you know most guys are running Sony. Uh, I know a lot of photographers that run Nikon. Uh, photographer friend of mine, Daniel Peoples, runs Nikon. Um, uh, and Chris Irwin, you know my other photographer buddy, he runs Canon. And then I know some of the Sitka photographers that run Sony. So it's I think it really comes down to personal preference. You can do a really friggin' good job with any of them. I think it's whichever one you're the most comfortable with, whichever one you can afford. Lens for long range. I don't know what you mean for long range. If you're talking like 500 plus yards, um, I'll look at buying a Nikon, um, I think it's called a P900. And essentially it's got like a 60-something optical zoom where that sucker can see like two miles away. And they're like dirt cheap. They're like less than $1,000. But if you want to talk about getting into lenses for super, super long-range stuff, man, you're talking mega money. Um, the best way to do super long-range stuff would almost be to go and buy, and this is hauling some stuff, to go and buy an old Sony 300K and mounting a... Uh, one of those, what they're called ENG lenses, which is an electronic news gathering. The Fujinon, Fujinon lenses with a doubler. Essentially, they have a rocker zoom, and they have a doubler that will double the millimeters of that lens. So that thing, we used to run them at sub-7. Those things will reach out there a long way. Um, but as far as a practical use and practical lens, there's, there isn't one. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're doing one or two trips a year where you want to have a lens that will reach out a long way, I would say rent one. There's tons of places you can rent lenses. I wouldn't buy them unless you mean you got mega bucks. Um, tripod I'm running. I already answered that. The Miller sticks with the um, FSB8 Sockler head. And that Sockler is S-A-C-H-T-L-E-R. That's how you spell Sockler. It's, it's like Satchler is how it looks, but it's Sockler. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not 100% sure. I had him running just answered that. Um, After Effects, question mark. I know enough about After Effects to be dangerous. After Effects is a completely different program. It's a completely different animal than um, the rest of, you know, than Premiere, which is what I'm, you know, normally running. Essentially, in After Effects, you've got to be able to see things in 3D space. You've got to know how to use adjustment layers really well. You've got to 
know how to keyframe really well. You've got to know how particles move. You've got to know where which direction lights are. I mean, it's I and I don't. Um, the only only uh, experience I have in Lightroom or in uh, After Effects is uh, templates. So I, I edit some on templates that I've gotten um, from different places uh, for like lower thirds and you know you know some transition stuff, but. For the most part, that's about all I use After Effects for. If you really want to make a lot of money, it's be really good in After Effects. I'm I'm not. Um, for After Effects stuff, I hired that out. I'm just not. It's not. I'm not the guy to do that. <laughs> I forgot about this question. Who are the dicks in the industry? Um, well, obviously one of them's no longer around. Um, with old Bracket, which I think I think Bracket's got his life together. I think he's he's getting it straight now. Um, but before that, I think he was one of those guys that not a lot of people liked him. Um, I was one of those people that watched him from the very beginning in the Arrow Affliction days. Arrow Affliction was my favorite shows when it was first coming out because it was truly different than everything else. Uh, and I think that he just kind of got a little bit of that to his head. And um, he had some really good producers along the way. Um, but, you know, when he kind of threw his producer under the bus and did some of the things that he did when some of that video came out. I don't know. Just can't really, can't really jive with that. But I think he's got his life. I think he's got everything straightened out now. I think he's, uh, I think he's as far last I heard he's doing okay. So best of luck to him. Um, as far as the other dicks in the industry, <laughs> I will keep those to myself because that is ammunition and that is, uh, that is power to me to know who is, who to work with and who not to work with. Do I like Pigman? I love Pigman. He is one of my favorite people. Um, he is also one of those polarizing people that you love or hate him. Uh, I happen to love him. I've I've done a couple of shoots with Pig, and he is he is a riot. He is so much fun to be around. Um, he is hilarious. He is actually toned way down on uh, on TV than he is in real life. Uh, he is a ball of energy all the time. Favorite company to work with. Oh man, I can't pick one. I got too many. Um, I really enjoy working with Rambo. Um, they've been really easy to work with. Um, Mossy Oak, apparently, you know, obviously I got some really good friends over there. Um, Diamondback, of course, Andy, love you, Andy. Um, uh, I really guess, I mean, those are probably my favorite three right now. Well, Chuck at the habit. I can't really, I can't leave Chuck out. Of course, Chuck's fun to work with. Um, what is my five-year goal? Oh, man. Um, probably my five-year goal would be to have a production company that I am running alongside two to three other employees um, or partners or strategic partnerships. I'm not, leave, I'm not ruling anything out. I think that's the perfect size team to do the things that I want to do. Um and I want to be doing probably exactly what I'm doing right now with the people I'm doing it with, just on a bigger scale. You know, I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, I don't know if I want to be in Georgia. Don't tell my mom. Don't tell my mom that. Um, I would like to move somewhere: Kentucky, Oklahoma, Idaho. Um, I'd like to be in a a little more hunting, uh, hunting happy place because it's not here. It sucks. Uh, and I want somewhere that I can call my own or uh, some ground that I can run myself because I don't have anywhere to hunt around here worth a crap. And uh, I, it's always been something, 
you know, that I've always wanted to do is have a piece of property that I can manage, whether that's for whitetails or whether that's, uh, you know, some public land that's close to me that I can really um, learn for elk. Um, that's what I want to do. So that's the, I guess that's the goal. Um, next question. How does your wife deal with you being gone? Not, she, she does amazingly well. Um, most of the time, um, we've kind of found out over the last seven years, she's kind of got a 10 day threshold. Once I'm gone more than 10 straight days, uh, she starts, she starts getting ready for me to be home. I've done some really long runs in my career. Um, my first year on the road, the longest I did was 26 straight days and I never thought I'd beat that streak. And then the next year I did 31 and then the next year I did 33. And then this last year I did 25 and it, and it's the same time every year. It's September. Um, and I've just, I've, I've really tried to sit her down and, and explain to her and my mother for that matter, April, November, April, September, and November, those three months every year, you cannot count on me being here because that is when the majority of my money is made and the majority of my playtime happens is in September. And uh, if you if you want that to change, then you better start lobbying with fishing game across the country because, or change the course of um, you know our environment because you know I have to I, my job revolves around when hunting seasons are, and what what's hot and whitetails, elk, and turkeys are hot, so I have to go and do and produce and work when those things are happening and in the off season is when I edit and that's when I can be here and I can help and I can, you know, be around for that. I've thought about doing a podcast on this with her. I don't know how, I don't know how she would do. I don't know how I would do on a podcast with her. So that's possibly coming in the future. I don't know. Don't hold me to it. Computer for editing. Um, I'm a, I'm an Apple person through and through. Uh, I was in it, um, before, I got into this line of work, and I only ever worked on PCs because they're crap, and I hate them. Um, and I will never, ever, 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 as long as I can afford it, own one. Um, I'm a Mac person to the core. I run Apple everything um, just because they work so well together. They're user-friendly. Do they have problems? Yes. Do they cost more? Yes. Uh, can you get a much faster, much uh, more powerful PC for a lot less money, you absolutely can. But I run a Mac because it is a personal preference, and I don't have to answer to anybody else but myself. And it is what I like the most. So I will run one until they no longer make it available for me to edit on a Mac, which I don't see that happening because Macs are created for creatives. With that being said, right now what I'm running, and I'll actually even tell you the specs about this Mac I am running an iMac Retina 5K 27 inch. This is a late 2015 model, so this one's actually you know a few years old. It's a 4 gigahertz processor, uh, Intel Core i7. I've got 32 gigs of RAM, and I have a uh, I've got four megs, no, four gigs of uh, graphics, uh, four gig graphic card. And uh, I think this is running a one terabyte. Hold on. Yeah. I've got a one terabyte uh, solid state drive that is my local drive. Um, but 
I don't keep much on my local drive. Just things I need to access quickly. But um, on I've got like, gosh, man, I don't even know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got ten hard drives sitting on my desk right now, and I know I've got that many in the closet behind me. Um, I've got one, two, three, four attached to the computer right now. And I have, uh, that one's eight, eight, eight. So that's 24. I got 44 terabytes cooked up to the computer right now. Um, and uh, that's where everything lives. And what I'm doing right now is I'm using really cheap eight terabyte Seagate drives, I think is what they're called. Um, and I buy the warranty with them because it's like 10 bucks. And I buy new ones every year. I buy two of them at a time. I mirror the drives. That way, essentially, it's a cheap, poor man's raid protection. That way, if one goes down, the other one's there. And they cost like 150 bucks a piece. So for 300 bucks, I can have essentially 16 terabytes of storage or 8 terabytes of raid, prote- raid protected storage. And uh, that's the way I'm running. And I have all that. Actually, that's not the way I'm running anymore. I recently changed. I'm sorry. I have three 8 terabyte drives. Um, that I have all my main media off of that are fast drives that I edit off of. Now I've got a 20 terabyte WD um, backup storage. So I have all three of those drives mirrored to this big 20 terabyte drive. So I work off those drives, but if one of those were to kick the can, I have all of it backed up on this 20 terabyte. That's how I'm doing it now. So, And they're all three, or all four of them are, I think on this 20 terabyte drive, I think i got like four terabytes left. And on the other three drives, I think one of them's pretty full, the other one's about halfway full, and the other one's kind of like my reserve. Like, I'm kind of slowly filling them all up. And I kind of have them organized the way that makes most sense to me. Probably wouldn't make sense to um, anybody else but myself, but everybody's different. That was the next question. Hey, imagine that hard drives for editing. Uh, backups, I just I just uh, answered that. Uh, as far as, like, files, like, not, not video files, because f- video files are too big for the cloud, which, well... Uh, Believe it or not, that's the next question. Hey, I even organized these questions. I didn't even realize that. Um, uh, backups, I use Google Drive for anything that I want to back up as far as like files, like um, PDFs, documents, uh, logos. All those go on my uh, Google Drive. Um, I pay, I think it's like 2 bucks a month for 100 gigs, which is more than enough to save paper. Um, I keep passwords. I keep faxes i keep or not faxes um uh, taxes i keep uh contracts i keep proposals budgets all that i don't i don't deal with paper at all um all of it lives in the cloud um in my google google drive if i have to send files i send them either to my google drive or we transfer i think wholeheartedly and you can tell i have a lot of really um deep-seated beliefs in some of this stuff um, but I absolutely 100% detest Dropbox. I think Dropbox is the devil. And if you ask me to use Dropbox, I'll probably give you a lecture on why I hate it, which I'm not going to do now. But um, I will use Google Drive or WeTransfer or Hightail before I use Dropbox. Uh, don't ever ask me to use Dropbox. It's, 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 it's the devil. <sighs> Brand content with Copeland Creative. Oh, okay, okay, I got gotcha, you. Okay. Um, essentially, the... Why don't I um, put Copeland Creative at the end of all the videos that I do or the beginning or during or whatever? Essentially brand it with Copeland Creative. Um, I do on some things. I don't on others. On really short things, um, I don't. 
uh, just because, I don't know, I don't know if it's, and a lot of times these things are time constraints. You know, they're one-minute pieces, three-minute pieces. I don't want that five or ten seconds at the end to take away from the, you know, the project. If it's a 22-minute television show, I'll probably put it in there. And this is all also per to the um, the client, whether or not they think it's, you know, whether or not they'll allow me to do that. Because essentially they own the content, they own the edit once it's done because they're paying me. I have no rights to do that. They have to allow me to do that. Um, which that leads me into the next question, which is uh, copyright infringement. Uh, people stealing pictures, people stealing video and content. So... I'm not I'm not a copyright attorney. I'm not and this is this is my absolute, you know, minimal knowledge about this. Um if you're worried about somebody stealing a picture, then you need to watermark it. Essentially put your logo or your name in the bottom right hand corner or something. Um according you know, to the best of my knowledge, if someone takes a picture of yours without asking and doesn't give you credit for it then you do have a claim to some sort of copyright. Now, is that worth the rigmarole you're going to have to go through in order to, you know, sue them or try and get, you know, retribution for that? I, I highly doubt it. You'd probably be better off just say, hey, dude, that's my picture. You didn't ask for permission. You know, could you take it down? Um, as far as stealing video, I don't know how they get the video unless you send it to them. And if you send it to them, then they're probably going to use it. And if you send it to them, then... Possessions nine tenths of the law. So, but as far as picture goes, if you're worried about it, watermark your stuff. Um, if you do use somebody else's picture, make sure you ask for permission first. Give them picture credit. It's just the right thing to do. Um, organizing footage. Well, like I just said a minute ago, um, I organize footage different than anybody else does. And I think if you look, if you got on ten editor producers hard drives, they're all going to do it a different way. You need to absolutely be organized. Um, you don't need to just throw things on a hard drive and figure it out later. As you dump footage, as you're editing, as you're bringing in music, as you're bringing in logos, those things need to be organized in a way that someone else could figure it out. Maybe it's going to work best for you, but eventually you're going to have to get some help. Or you're going to have to send hard drives off, whatever the case may be. It needs to ha You need to have a system of some sort. So your system is going to be different than my system, but have a system and stick to it. Um, because it's going to make life easier once you have to go open that project from a year and a half ago because they want to change the logo and you can't find it or there's media offline or you're having to redo the entire thing. Just, just It's it's a headache you don't want. What do I take when I travel? Um, I try and take everything. That's why I try and drive everywhere. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this. When I fly... I usually have to cut out some of the, you know, the excess stuff like lights, um, extra batteries, or like, not extra batteries, but like excessive extra batteries. My big toolbox, I usually have to cut that out and like kind of take like a multi-tool. Um, I try and cut down my pack to, you know, one pack instead of multiple packs. I try and fit everything into two Pelican cases, uh, essentially is how I try and travel because, you know, just because I want Pelicans to be what gets thrown on off a plane because we all know how TSA is, um, that's kind of how I travel as far as like the specifics of what I take. Uh, it just depends on what the trip is. I try and take more than I need though. And I usually take about 70% of the stuff I take. I don't ever touch, but I have it. So I'd rather have it not need it than need it and not have it. Will I ever have Heartland Bowhunter guys on the podcast? I, uh, I would like to, yeah, I'd like to have, uh, 
um, Mike and, and Sean on or one or the other or both or whatever. Uh, I know Mike really well. I don't know Sean really. I don't know Sean very well. I say I know Mike really well. I know, I know Mike pretty well. Um, I would like to have him on. Uh, I think he is a, a wealth of knowledge that's been around for way longer than me. And they obviously still put out some really killer stuff. And uh, they're, they've been mimicked and copied about 10 million times in this business. So I think they would be a really good one to have on and talk about that. Cause I've heard them talk about the filming side and the production side, but they, you know, they just scratch the surface. I'd like to kind of dig in and get really deep on some stuff, uh, inner workings, you know, planning out trips, all that good stuff. So I might try and get Mike on the phone and do that in the next couple of weeks. Oh, okay. That was all the questions. I don't mean, how long have we been podcasting? Oh my gosh. 45 minutes. Okay. Um, I did have two requests that weren't essentially, uh, weren't really questions is they uh, someone one asked if I would do kind of like a weekly challenge or homework, I guess, kind of like Dudley did. Um, and I thought that was kind of a cool idea that I could put out there and say, hey, look, guys, this week I want you to do this and send it to me and let me either critique it like or, um, you know, something along those lines. I have no idea if I'll do it or what I would do it around, but... uh it would be kind of cool to try. The other one is they asked me if I would do more tutorials. The reason I haven't done very many is a couple of reasons. Tutorials take a lot of time. Um, they take a lot of effort. And uh, and my internet sucks. So in order to upload tutorials on a regular basis, I have to essentially drive to the school system and steal good internet. I have to do that now when I upload something that's more than like five or six minutes. Um so, I don't know. Uh, I, that's something I've I've thought about for a long time is doing more tutorials and trying to build the brand up with that as well, and you know use as many facets of this medium as I possibly can. Um, also, had somebody ask me why I don't film the podcast. Well, I don't have time to film the podcast. And that's way more work. This is enough work. Um, just sitting here and recording them, but uh, the the feedback guys that I've gotten on the podcast and some of the messages that I've gotten, I posted a couple of them is just been overwhelming. Uh, I cannot even start to express how grateful I am for you guys that are listening. Um, and for all you that have reached out to me and said that you, you enjoy the podcast, you like it and you've learned something from it. You know, I would really, not only do I, I really appreciate it, but I would appreciate it even more if you go over to iTunes and, and, rate and review the podcast because all that does is, is help, um, get the word out and, uh, make the podcast better. The more people listen, the better, hopefully it gets, the more I learn, the more you learn and everybody wins. All right. The camera class is this weekend. I'm going to try my best to do a couple of podcasts there as well. Uh, I don't know who with or what about, but we will, uh, might even do like a live like as I'm teaching podcast and do it that way. I don't know. I, I haven't had time to think about it. But anyway, um, if you've got any more questions, if I didn't get to your question, if I didn't see it, didn't find it, email me, DM me, message me, text me. Uh, you know, that's one of my mantras is communication. So if you get a hold of me, I will respond. You might not like the response sometimes, but I will absolutely respond. All right. 
and that is it. Peace. <laughs>